Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, 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 welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Lion's Den. No matter where you are, you're here right now. We want to give y'all a shout out. What's going on, Big Nate? What it is? What's going on? KC, what's going on, brother? Hopefully everybody's doing good. Hey, Will, how you feeling, bro? What's going on? What's going on? It's the time again. It's the time again. Ready to get it in, man. Hey, thanks for everybody tuning in. Make sure you guys share, share, share. Hey, this is the type of show that we're going to do with this gentleman coming out, and you know it's about to be straight 100. Coming to you from the shot town, so you know it's going down. Let's go. Already. <laughs> Yo, this dude sound like a radio DJ. He trying to take my job to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's up, Herm? How you Yo, feel? My, my man Will got real slick with it, didn't, didn't he? Rhyming and everything, man. <laughs> Chucking the job. <laughs> hey, man, everything good over here. Titan's still undefeated. Uh, so, you know, that's a good thing. Yo, but have you checked out Lovecraft Country, though? Man, hold on. I was going to ask you, have you Yo, checked have out? Have you checked that? Hey, Bruh, man, I'm looking at people. I swear, I, hey, if somebody spit on me, it's going to be a problem. Man, hey, know. look, when I saw that, but see, you got to remember, man, those times. It's like, you know what you wanted to do, but, you man. know, man, he would have hung your ass so yeah. by your toes, by your neck, by your hey, people, yeah. people, go ahead and watch that show. Uh, like, like on Seth's page, talked about it. They do have a lot of nuggets in there for you to pay attention, you know what I'm saying, and, and observe. It's it's a wild show. I highly recommend. And I want to give a shout out. Uh, this month, October, is uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, so be wary of that. You know what I mean? Know your people and, and know if they're in trouble and what's going on. I mean, I know it, sometimes it seems like you're just prying into people's business, but it's just generally caring. You can't save everybody, but, you know, just, you know, be, be aware what's going on around you. Yeah, absolutely. And those those out there, look, it, it's 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 a tough situation. We do understand that. But if you do need help, there is places that you can go and places that you can call. And as a matter of fact, I want to take time out to put this up here uh, for those of you that need to talk to someone. If you're in a uncomfortable situation, you understand, you know what that situation is. All right. If you know what it is and you know that you don't want to be there, make sure you give these individuals a call. The number is 1-800-799-SAFE. All right. 1-800-799-7233. But it's about that time. Look, ladies and gentlemen, look, last time we had this brother on. When we had this brother on, we, we got it in so so good, and we didn't even have enough time to continue the conversation. And since then, he was here at Scott, and then this brother then you know then 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 soared off right, doing big things in the big blue. Ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to give a good, nice round of applause for your boy, our chief, Chief Woods. Look at that boy. Throwback, Chief, what it is, brother? How you feeling? Hey, man, I'm back in the lion's den, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, we started out, man. You know, we didn't, 
we didn't came up a little bit since the last time on both ends. So y'all know I'm a big fan of the show. Um, I love that y'all have it on here. We're going to we're going to keep it real, man. Always, always, always 100. But, man, listen, I, I want to thank you, though, seriously, for being a part of us. Humble beginnings, you know what I'm saying? But still keeping it authentic, especially yeah. for the airmen. Right. Because we, we've had a lot of conversations off the mic and in corners, you know, but just talking real. And I knew when I first met you, I was like, you know what? This is the type of energy that's needed, man. So congratulations. To, look at this lane. You see what he's doing? <laughs> you see what he's doing? <laughs> but no, but seriously, though, man, I want to give you big, big ups, man, and, and continue to do great, great things. It's the reason why we wanted you to come back here on, on the den. What you got, Herm? Chief Throwback, one of my favorite people to talk to. Yeah. Got a question for you. I mean, the last time we talked to you, uh, you was a group chief, which is big in its own right. But now you've moved up, you know, to the tip of the spear over there at Kunsan. You're the command chief for that area. Um, I'm pretty sure you've been prepping for this position, but let's talk about uh, what was the biggest thing you learned about the step from group chief to command chief? What, what surprised you the most about that transition? Bro, man, really, really not a whole lot, man. I tell you, man, like, like being a command chief, man, you like the mayor, bro. So I'm like walking around, you know, I'm kissing babies, I'm shaking hands, I'm hanging out with everybody. So that part wasn't really hard. I think, I think the biggest part for me that was challenging was like, you know, understanding you like somewhat of, of a public figure, you know, um, we have some stuff going on on the internet, man. And I was getting a million messages from people and I'm like, man. Like they need to give us some media training or something. But uh, <laughs> I, man, I was catching some spares, bro. Yeah, spares. I'm like, man, like I was just ducking and dodging them, you know, and uh, and trying to take care of the people out here. But man, it's easy. Be honest with you, like it's not hard at all. Like I always say, y'all hear from me all the time, man. You come into these positions and you just be yourself, man. So I'm I'm glad you said that, man, and. This is why we have you on because <clears throat> you've been over there since all this crazy shit has been going mm -hmm. on, right? And individuals that look like you and that don't look like you are still feeling this somehow, some right. way from right. the COVID and then also the civil unrest. So how do you, especially being the mayor, you feel me? How right. do you have those uncomfortable conversations at the position that you're in and well, still be authentic? Well, I tell you, man, first off, man, like, I'm just blessed, bro. Like, I'm in a position where I can influence change, you know, and I can talk to people, you know, in those critical positions when, like, the world, I would say the military, but the world is is hungry for change. So I was telling my wife, and my wife was like, you've been preparing your whole life to be advising, you know, people in influential positions, you know, for things like this. But it for me, it was very emotional, man. Like I was in quarantine when uh, everything started to kind of really bubble. And I was like, you know, getting a lot of messages from a lot of people that I mentor. And they were like, what you going to do? What you going to say? And be honest with you, uh, I was kind of formulating how I wanted to communicate, you know, this because I was extremely emotional. And my old man always told me when you emotional, don't speak, you know, right. speak when you can get your mind right. So I, so the good thing for me is I was in quarantine and I can kind of get my thoughts together. 
Then I reached out to a few other mentors. I'm like, man, I want to at least tell these cats like I'm I'm Ronnie Woods. I'm your command chief before I dive into a real, real important topic. And then uh, then my wing commander, who got a very different background to me, kind of hit me up because he ain't know what to do. And I was like, look, your silence, man, you accept everything that's going on. I know you don't want to do it, but you got to get out and speak. And uh, and then we got out there. We we spoke. We did uh, just really just getting after it, man. And it opened a lot of people eyes up to a lot of stuff that go on in the military. Because a lot of people don't even know, like, even in the military, people think that, you know, like, like everything's perfect. But it's far from perfect. And we just got out there. We got after it. We developed some programs. Uh, we empowered the people that got those that's passionate about it. Those grassroots efforts really out there making a difference. And uh, we ain't what we want to be at. Be be hundred percent honest with you, but we getting there, man. Yeah, you're right. We are. We are. Well, look, we we about to dive in, ladies and gentlemen. We got throwback Ronnie Woods up in the building. You know what I'm talking about? Even with that bull sweater on, it's all good. Oh man, you know the West Side got to represent when I'm in the Lions there. Already, already. But look, <laughs> hey, look before we get too deep up in there. Of course, we got to give a special out, uh, special shout out to our sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know. If you don't know by now, you need to know about Miss Tracy Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Tracy Brown, look, if your credit ain't right, and you know if your credit ain't right, if it's in the twos, threes, maybe fours, and possible fives, right, looking like a, a bad space hand, make sure you give Tracy Brown a call. Her number is 618 618- Five six zero three six eight seven. She can help you to get your credit to where it needs to be. Also, it's all about that buying power. It's not about how much cash you have. It's about how much cash that individuals can trust you with. So to help you out, to get where you need to be and to get that financial literacy, literacy, make sure you give her a call. One more time. The number is 618-560-3687. Give Tracy a call, y'all. Straight up, straight up. Now, getting back in, getting back in, getting back in, y'all. So, man, Ronnie, Ronnie, brother, we was on the phone that day, right? (laughs) Yo, we was venting, man, and I mean, mean, talking real shit, though. I mean, for real, because, like, I know you was mad, I was mad. I'm like, I felt convicted myself, and so... You came to my mind because I was like, I know he feel how I'm feeling. So I guess the question is, can you take a little minute and express what was going on through your mind, knowing the position that you were in? And there was individuals that felt the same way, but you had to tailor the message the correct way. Can you talk about that? Well, I tell you, man, so extremely emotional, man, extremely emotional and be honest with you, when it comes to stuff like that in the position that I was in, like you kind of in a real lonely position, man. So shout out to you for reaching out to me, bro. Because, you know, I was talking to my wife about a lot of that stuff, but I really be 100% honest with you. I didn't know what to do because I want to come out. I want to come out just guns a blazing. <laughs> like that's what my heart wanted me to do. Like my heart wanted me to just come out and be like, look, man. This how I feel. Either you with me or you against me. But like I told you, like that 14 day quarantine for me was a blessing because I just got to sit back 
and just strategize. I got to sit back and strategize. I got to sit back and really think about a vision, you know, that I wanted to give, you know, everyone here for the year I was going to be here. And I formulated that whole vision just sitting in here, kind of how I want to play it out, you know. And then once I did that, you know, I kind of left out of here with a clear mind, a clear head. And uh, when we had our first town hall, you know, we had a town hall and it was packed, bro. I'm not, I know we had Corona going on, but I mean, like it was for capacity and everybody want their voices to be heard. And I just set the tone in the room and just kind of explained that story to them. Like I told you all that I was just extremely emotional. You know, every emotion you could think about, bro. I felt it, man. I was pissed. I was mad. I was sad. I was everything. And uh, just kind of bottle that all up, explain that to everybody, explain to them they can speak their mind. You know, and when we did that, you know, got a lot of messages from a lot of the people on base because representation is important. You know, and uh, I understand, you know, the value of, of representation and, and me speaking on it kind of gave them all like the confidence to, to speak on it. Mm-hmm. And they wasn't holding back at all. And I loved it. That's dope. I love it, man. Even my even my boss called a couple spirits. He ain't even deserved me. He's just getting started. Right. You know, but uh, but he called he called a couple strays, you know, um, because they felt like he took too long to respond. He was in quarantine with me. You know, uh, they thought they felt like he took too long to respond. We actually responded in quarantine. Wow. Like, we responded like we we did our response like in quarantine, like we did a little video, you know, where we just you know, told everyone, you know, we don't condone that crap and we about to get after it. And it ain't, it ain't going to end. It's going to be a continuous thing. So that's good. All right. So big wheel, I know you got questions over there. So we got to give him a second to get his, uh, <laughs> his net together. You ready? Yes, sir. <laughs> man, yo, that shit's so delayed. Oh, man. Like, are we hearing me? Like it's running off a of deep. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> my man, my man, Will in the dungeon out there, bro. bro. I think he's in Afghanistan right I now. So right right. I know. He's around the corner. What is you doing? <laughs> like you get dial up. Hold on. Wait. I think he's sending this question. All right. He said he'll wait. All right. Go ahead, Herm. What you got, bro? Hey, Chief. Yo. Hey. Way back when I was uh, still in the military, you know what I'm saying? I remember uh, I remember working with people that didn't really believe, you know what I'm saying, that we had an issue in the Air Force, right? Right. And the position that I worked in, you know, I, I worked in, as you know, the, the IG office at the command level. Yeah. And to me, that's pretty detrimental, you know what I'm saying, that they don't want to put any thought into, no, nah, we don't really have that issue. Um. But when they're in front of people, you know, they, they got a toe the line, right? And I'm pretty sure at, at high levels that, that, that you work at, you kind of see that too, that, that you know deep down inside that they don't really believe that there's an issue, but they try to tote the line. Yeah. Do you think, um, wh- what, what do you think about that? Do you think that we can move forward if the, if the thought process is they really don't believe it, but they're, they're trying to push forward with it anyway, or do you think that you really got to buy into the issue in order to solve it? Well, first off, man, that's holding the line. Like for, for anybody out there that's listening to me, stop holding the line, man. Pick a side, man. Like, you know, like 
Like when it comes to this, this is something that you can't tote the line in. Either, either you wit and you for everybody having a sense of belonging and being true to them, their truest self, or you're not. You know, like you can't be toting the line, you know, and being afraid to speak on yourself and do those things. But also, you know, for the ones who are out there, you know, who feel like it's not an issue, it's up to us to educate them. Educate them on, you know, our experiences, educate them on the things that's going on. You know, uh, it's crazy, man. Like, like even here, man, I seen some crazy stuff here, man. Like, you know, like cats, like right when we was in the middle of it, you know, we had like like some airmen around here, like wearing like Confederate flag T-shirts. Uh, we had uh, individuals uh, that was claiming to be, you know, like in the KKK. Wait, um, wait, wait. Hold on. Wait. Where? Here. Here at Kunsan. Wait. They okay. Wait a minute. Oh, man. Good thing Aaron Brown wasn't out there. <laughs> no. Bruh. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this. This is over in Korea. In Korea. Yeah. But but we but we got we gotta remember though, like like the military is a microcosm of society, man. True. You know, like like when these when these young airmen come into the military and when they go to basic training, you know, they grew up in the environment they grew up in. And you got to understand that, you know, like, so, so you look at us, it's a lot of good people, right? In, in the United States, it's some people that might be racist. It's, it's some people that grew up in these environments and then they come in the military, right? And they still have that in them, you know, and they still working through that. Mm -hmm. So, so when you have a kid, who's walking around, you know, and got like a Confederate T-shirt on, like, I don't look at them and want to swing on them when I see them. You know, maybe a little bit inside I do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe a little bit. Maybe so, a little bit. That's all you need, though, but you, you come back to reality. But hey, we, I come back. I was just questioning this judgment. I'm like, I know you know what the hell going on right now. I know, man. You got to be under a rock to not know what's going on right now. It's like and, they want to extra wear it. Yes, they wanted they wanted the conflict, you know. See, um, and and I think that's the issue because individuals know what they're doing. They want to see how you're going to respond. It's it's right. man, you know what I'm talking about, right? Thank yeah, bitch. Well, look, hold on, look. So I got something from Will. Now he can't really <laughs> talk, right? So he typed it. So he said, "He said, Chief, thanks for stepping back into the den with us." He was like, "Can you explain the importance to uh, other leaders on why we have to not only keep the conversation going, but to also develop actions to eliminate these negative environments?" Well, here's the thing, man. It's important to keep the conversation going, but it's more important to be true to yourself, right? So if you haven't been out here, you know, really communicating and doing those things, like don't try to just jump off on the deep end, you know, and go there and get involved with these very complex situations. What I advise them on is just to educate themselves, you know, get with people who who really understand it and educate them. And if you can't get out there, just empower the ones that's passionate about. It. And so. And, and I'm glad that you said that, man, because I do want to talk about this a little bit. If you can explain your opinion on this fact, 
right true to connect with individuals that's passionate but also before we go out and talk to people we need to talk to us yes that makes sense right because not every just because individuals are passionate they may not know how to articulate themselves well and then right. that will put us in a situation where we can't talk about it but yeah. we have to talk around the shit if you get what yeah. i mean now don't yeah. get me wrong not saying that what individuals were saying was wrong but they have to say it it's unfortunate that we have to say it in the right way because now individuals that may be open to hear your side or to learn now you're shutting them out based off of the vernacular that you're using so what do you think about that it goes back to what i said man you can't be emotional like you can't be emotional you got to be able to speak with some thought you got to be able to articulate things in a way that everybody can understand you know you can be passionate about things and not be emotional you know because the whole intent of it is really to educate someone who might not understand what you're going through what you're going through and then you can also understand you know their perspective and again it's about perspective because when it comes to racism and things like that like you either with us or you against us from my perspective it's like it's zero tolerance man right zero. you got to pick a side you know but you're not going to get anything accomplished by just being mad right you, you're not going to get nothing accomplished by doing that nothing so like when me like with me here me here at the wing like i really focused on just giving a vision and i wanted to empower the young people to really just get out there and get after it man and um and the ones who were really like extremely emotional about things like i be honest with you i ain't want them on a team man i wanted them to get themselves together first but the ones who really was uh out there just understanding how to communicate understanding how to get things done you know i basically gave them the position of the command chief office to go out there and make things happen and i'm so proud of like like what what we've done here at the wing and and, and all the wings you know like again for me i'm blessed because i'm in a position where i can influence change when the military is ready and we're doing it we're doing it we're chipping away at it every day you know um do we got all the right answers no we don't this stuff is unprecedented what we're doing right you know it's 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 not it's not something where you're gonna find a checklist and right. you're gonna work through it because we swung and we missed a couple times hey i'll be honest with you we swung and we missed but we were swinging just like and we really cared about we was we was trying you know we was trying and we was getting after some things i tell you uh we did uh we did an email response one time, man, and they weren't feeling that, yo. Wait, what you mean? What was that? Like we basically sent the email out, kind of addressing the issue. No, they feeling that. No, no, they weren't feeling that. No, hell no. They weren't feeling that. They weren't feeling that. They want to see our faces. Yes. They want to see our faces, you know, because you know, typing it out, that's the easy route. Mm -hmm. But putting yourself in a sense of vulnerability, putting yourself in the arena where you know people can understand you know either you're comfortable or you're not comfortable because me i was cool as a fan my boss you know he he was he wasn't sure how to react to things and i wanted them to see that i'm like that's good like that's good like like show your truest self be true to yourself you know and just just show some compassion 
show some empathy towards the situation so that you want to be educated and you don't know the answer. It's like breaking up over a text. You can't do that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. easy. Hey, this right. wasn't working out. You know, you, you it's not you, it's me. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you just you got you gotta you gotta get face to face to have that real closure, to have that real connection. I feel you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's it's solid. That's solid. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, you know where you are right now. You in the den. Hopefully, you're enjoying yourself and you're enjoying this evening. We got the hey throwback Chief Woods on, and for some reason, this cornball keep sipping out of us uh, damn <laughs> cup. You know what I'm saying? The, hey, it, listen, it, look, it, look, we give them hey, so man, much. Hey, when you hey, undefeated. Hey, school, hey, school, man. Hey, Herm, man. Tell your boys to chill out on the COVID, man. They mess with my fantasy football. Hey, as, long, as long as we have COVID, we'll stay undefeated. Hey. <laughs> Man, you're killing me, man. <laughs> Bro, look, yo, man, you out of line. All right, hey, so yeah. All right, here we go. Look, shameless plug. Yo, all right, so hey, we got hey, the come, hey, is he talking about me? He's talking about getting me on you. you, and you? No, hey, hey, brother. We're gonna get you on. Hey, hey, I, I guess we're gonna have to wait to another holiday, you know what I'm talking about? Because I know you get up early and all this other stuff. But no, I'm waiting on the invite, bro. Now damn that man. All right, you ready? I'm okay. inviting you right now. You ready? You, you know I'm ready. You know right. I'm ready, man. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just waiting on the invite, man. We like, got you. Everybody been telling me why haven't I been on us mentoring us? I'm like, man, you know, you ain't doing this shit. Ain't nobody <laughs> why you ain't been on for real. Hey, I man, probably, probably have. Man, shut up. Ain't nobody. Come on, man. Yo, you coming, bro. We got you. Hey, but look, y'all. Hey, before we go into the second part, we got to get it in with our sponsors. All right. You know where you at. Take some time. Please share this because there's individuals that can use this. Okay. Stop acting funny style. We'll be right back. Onyx Slater is a top negotiating award-winning real estate agent in San Antonio, Texas. Her focus is on educating and empowering individuals on building generational wealth through home ownership while providing exceptional service with integrity and excellence. Although her heart is for serving first-time homeowners and the military community, her clientele ranges from $100,000 to $2.5 million. Monique has developed an awesome team that can get individuals into a home. Mention you heard this ad on the Lion's Den with Seth and get a $500 rebate from Monique at closing. After servicing in the Air Force for over 28 years, retired Chief Slater has a massive network so she can connect you with an awesome agent anywhere in the U.S. And your referral will get a special gift card from Monique. If you're in the San Antonio area or relocating there, give Monique a call first to help you find your dream home. Her number is 210-237-7268. One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it, the nice succulent southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection, creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread, you get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism and love. Located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 
416-576-5700. And that's inside Scott VFW host 4183. And they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lions Den sent you. Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Look, welcome back to the Lions Den. Listen, hey, we've been watching these chats in the background. <laughs> Hey, hey, look, hey, yo, we got Chief Woods on, right? Throwback Woods up in the building. Right? You know what I'm saying? And ladies and gentlemen, he took the time out to wake up extra early for us. He's getting it in over in Korea right now. We're talking about, yo, and, and we're talking about continuing the talk, all right? Especially being in a position, there's a lot of, um, I guess, tension still and and then there's a lot of energy that's trying to keep the conversation or kind of muffle it you get what i'm saying but this is what we're talking about and how you can have or continue this conversation at a higher level so it's not just in the military it's no matter where you are mm -hmm. your voice matters keep that in mind ladies and gentlemen i know not everyone that's listening to this in the military, maybe prior or don't know anything about this, but you have a voice and your feelings are valid. So, but brother, right. we got this uh, question. All right. We got this question here. It says, what was your approach, right? When you, when, uh, when people didn't want to change? Well, for me, be honest with you, I haven't experienced that, you know, because, because of my position, Nobody is really being upfront and honest with me, you know, when they want to change. But I will tell you, like, if somebody came to me, you know, and they didn't want to change, you know, first thing I'm going to try to strive for is perspective. You know, um, I'm going to try to dive in into how they see things and really try to tap into why they in a position that they in where they don't want to change. Because this ain't an issue where, you know, we're talking about anything that is not a problem, you know, like racism, like you either with us or you not, you know, and I think a lot of people, you know, maybe don't want to change. Now, as you as you go into the, the position where you ain't really diving into racism and you might be diving into, you know, something that's a little bit more debatable on like should the military be or the Air Force should be approaching it the way we are, where we've been putting a lot of emphasis on education. We've been doing a lot of town halls. We've been doing facilitated training. Um, we've been doing all the Facebook lives, all of that stuff. Do some people out there feel like we're doing too much? I'm pretty sure it is, but I haven't heard anything. I'm pretty sure people at lower levels hear it. And again, if my advice to them, you know, um, don't be upset. You know, try to get some perspective on where they're coming from and, and tell them exactly why you feel the way you feel. You know, uh, one of the things that I've been working on of late as we continue this conversation, because this is a continuous thing, like it had a lot of momentum, you know, from May to about August and things were starting to die down a little bit. I would tell you um, to continue the conversation. We got to continue to focus on having those small group discussions, you know, educating our folks on how to facilitate, you know, these difficult conversations, um, going into training and uh, really focusing on some things that's been that's been going on for a very, very, very long time. Absolutely. It's not a black, not a black and white thing. You know, like I know I'm, I'm a I'm giving you my I'm giving you my story. So yeah. my 
Ori is the kid from the west side of Chicago, you know, who had a white supervisor, you know, who didn't understand where I came from and who was disciplining me when they need to be mentoring me. That's my story. But it's a lot of different stories out there. You know, and I encourage people, you know, to give their stories. I've heard all types of stories. You know, I've heard a lot of stories from from Latinos, you know, from Asians, from people in Europe. You know, uh, when it comes to like this diversity and inclusion thing, you know, economic status, you know, is something that, you know, sometimes people don't feel the way they want to feel. Um, your job, like the job you're doing in the military, you have the haves, you have the have-nots, you have officer, you have enlisted, you have gender. Gender is a real big one. You know, you have all of these things. So when I when I be mentoring the young people out there, I tell them, like, look, it might have started out with like a black and white thing, you know, with with with, with cops and civil unrest, but open this discussion up to everything else. Because right. it's a right out there it's a lot of people out there that feel like they don't have a sense of belonging and they can't be their truest self so that that's always been my vision you know as a chief i want to create an environment that has a sense of belonging and what you can be your truest self right to be your truest black self you know like your truest self you know Mm -hmm. uh, we've been doing that and we've been chipping away at and it's been good Yo, and I appreciate you for that. And I'm gonna get with you in one second, Herm. They want to give a shout out to uh, Chief Hemingway, the uh, the uh, what she call it? She Slade, Slade Queen, right? She right. Right. Slay Queen, bro. She be getting it. But listen, so she said, we get lied to all the time. Got the beat. She said, got the beat feet and make rounds across the wing to get or uh, to get ground level truth. Yo. That's true. That is that's real true. And and you know what, man, real talk. I think that in my situation, what I've seen, it, a lot of individuals hide behind the uniform in there. Mm-hmm. And so they use that as a protective mechanism to yeah. have not real authentic talk, but just say, hey, well, you know what? Just focus on your job. How can I focus on my job when this is affecting me in my job? But that's a rhetorical you know, statement. What you got, Big Herm? Hey, per, uh, first I want to address is it, you said it's Chief Hemingway. Yeah, see that that's what I love about today's Chiefs, man. It's like so much person. That's Lake Wing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Chief Throwback. You know what I mean? It's just so much relatability, and you know what I'm saying. You feel like you could talk to these Chiefs yeah. when they show that side. Even the Command Chief now with all their Kansas City Chief, not Command Chief, but the Chief Master on the Air Force right now with all her uh, Kansas City Chief stuff, they show that they're relatable, man. That you can talk to them. So, hey, Chief Throwback, I appreciate y'all for that. You know what I'm saying? Leading the charge and showing people, hey, we're, we're at this level, but we're still, you know, accessible and ready to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but one one thing I want to I wanna clarify is when we talk about with us or against us, the us, like, like a lot of people think it's a black problem, no. but it's not. You know what I mean? It's an us problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's in order for us to move forward, all of us got to be on the same accord and on, on the same page. This is not like a black versus white thing is what I see plays out on social media all the time. Anytime somebody uh, speaks out about an issue pertaining to black people, uh, whether it be the cops or somebody else, certain white folks, uh, for some reason, feel like it's an attack against them. And they want to debate this shit. Like, like, right and wrong. It's not, you know. And and, 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 and tell us that, you know, hey, this is political. 
how is it political when we're dealing with people's lives? You know what I mean? It's, it's not it's not a political stance. It's a humanitarian stance. It's about humanity. Just wanted to get your opinion on that, Chief. I got a very, very unique perspective on this. And I've talked to hundreds of people. I will tell you, y'all all know, I grew up in the inner city, you know. Um, parents had substance abuse issues. You know, I, I struggled to get out of that environment. I got into the military. I was military police. So I, I, I see I see it from the perspective of a shoot, don't shoot situation. And I understand how, you know, you can wake up and not sure if you're going to come home every day. My best friend, my best friend, and he's black, is a cop in Chicago. So trust me, when every time he goes to work, I am extremely nervous, you know, and I understand, you know, shoot, don't shoot. You want to come home to your family and all of that, you know. And then last but not least, I've been in the environment for 20 years where I've met people from all walks of life, you know, so I understand those perspectives, but I've always felt that, you know, it's important, you know, just to really tap in into where I'm coming from and encourage people, you know, to have their perspectives on things because it's, it's weird, man. It's a very hard conversation. It's very challenging, but again, it's an ethical line, right or wrong. It's a compassionate issue. You know, where does your heart stand? You know, you have this dynamic of people who hurt. You know, like if, if you really want to empathize with them, you need to just go to them and just show that you care. Like, we don't, we don't need the email. We don't need the crazy responses. You know, what we need is somebody to just say, I'm with you, man. I don't even know what to say, but I'm riding with you. And that's the key. You know, and I'm glad you said that, man, because I was thinking it's one thing if you have never been in this situation. You get what right. I'm saying? It's one thing, but how can you really function? Seriously. And I mean, consciously function when you know someone is working right next to you that is literally broken inside. You did what I'm saying? Because regardless of what you have experienced, you have to have this type of trust from this individual. But you're not even able, not not saying willing because we don't know. But how can you like I said, how can you function knowing that someone right next to you arm distance is crying inside? Now, not, not first of all, that's just the civil unrest. Now you're dealing with single parents. Right. Battling between homeschooling, but then their supervisor, if you will, is saying, well, you need to come to work. And then you get what I'm saying? But then now they hit, well, ah, but my child is sick. They look, they might have uh, children that have immune deficiency issues. You get what I'm saying? But now they have that type of energy. So that's stress on top of stress. You get what I'm saying? And so, I'll, tell you, I'll, tell you, man, I'll tell you, man, perspective, yo. Like I had got this great analogy from a, from an airman here. You know, they said, you know, a horse, when a horse is born, you know, they put, they put blinders on the horse. They put some shades over the horse eyes, you know. So the horse doesn't know anything but just seeing darkness, you know, seeing darkness and only seeing it their way, you know. And I feel like um, and then we train the horse up, you know, till they get to where they need to be. And I feel like that's like society as well. You know, like when you've been in the environment and you've only seen things one way, it's OK to not understand it from the other side. I have blinders on myself. Right. 
I will tell you when we was dealing with the civil unrest thing, I had an Asian American uh, NCO come to me and and was like, you know, chief, you know, I, I know that y'all heavily focused on the civil unrest, y'all heavily focused on this, but as Asian Americans, we going through a lot right now with coronavirus. You know, the coronavirus, you know, having this perception that it came from China. Oh, I was so asked that. Yo, yeah. Having this perception that it's coming from China, you know, like all of the racial slurs that his family was getting. They had a business back in the States, you know, and his family was having all these things happening to him. And he was like, I don't feel like you all care about us because you're talking about everything, but you ain't really talking about, you know, a Asian American's perspective. Hmm. And I looked at them and I was like, again, because I don't know those blinders. Right. I'm giving you my perspective. Now you're giving me your perspective and you just open my eyes. And I'm like, wow. You know, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I need you to speak up. So just like I'm speaking up right now, I need everybody to speak up. Yeah. You know, Man. and say it with your heart and your chest, because this reminds right. me of September 11th. Remember that? There right. Individuals that no matter what, where they originally came from, you're a terrorist, you're a terrorist, you're a terrorist. But we will let social media and TV tell us who our in uh, our enemies are. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? You can't let someone tell you who your enemy is. You feel Yo. Let me get off of that. What you got, Herman? Man, my bad. We're talking about the Asian American thing. It just because I can relate. You know, what I'm, saying? I'm a black man with a Korean mother. You know what I'm saying? Right. And right. So, so, so. And oh man, he just did something that took off his uh his internet. Damn, I knew that was going to be good. But listen, we do got this one question. <clears throat> okay. What is your son seeing in the in the Air Force right now? Man, he ain't talked to me about that stuff yet, be honest with you. You know, when I talk to him, uh, it's funny, you know, because he, when I talk about my perspective of being from the inner city, right, you know, seeing guns, drugs, violence. Oh, he like, he about that a lot. All he saw is bouncing from base to base, you know, knowing each and everybody um, and their perspectives and not really not really understanding the challenges that the world can bring. Now, we were stationed in Louisiana and South Carolina, so he's seen some of that. Mm -hmm. But for him, he's just been so prideful, you know, just to be an airman. You know, we we haven't even had that conversation. Now, we had that conversation a lot when he was 17 you know, and when he was uh starting to drive and stuff like that, you know, I had to sit him down and be like, look, son, I know you might be naive to these things, but when you go certain places, you need to turn your music down. You know, when you get pulled over, you know, you got to, you know, you got to listen and, and, and follow commands and, and be very careful with those things. But since he's entered the Air Force, you know, we haven't had the conversation yet. We're going to have it soon. Again, he in those environments, y'all remember it, man. He in tech school, he got about five minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, wanna, he wanna he wanna take those. You, you don't tell people his daddy the command chief. Oh yeah, he do. <laughs> they knew too. Yeah, they knew too. Like the uh the military training instructors, he said that they said something to him when they was yelling at him and stuff like that, and I thought it was pretty funny. Hey, you know what? I, I think that's dope and it's real good, my man. I, and we've talked about this before, man, but it's hard when you want to talk to your son, like mine's 16, 
And it's like, shit, I don't know what to tell them that's going to work. Because everything we try to say, you see someone else still getting the short end of the stick right. just by doing those exact things. So all you can do is say, listen, just follow, the, do the best thing and act the best way possible that you can. But Herm, you was about to say something, bro, before your, uh, what, what happened, man? You ran out of minutes. What happened? David, man, I don't know what happened, man. Just cut <laughs> off. But, hey, but I don't. You blazed it, man, in your perspective. Well, yeah. well, well, so the Asian American thing, right? And how and, and being a black man is kind of conflicting sometimes because you'll see those videos where the Asian person is beating up a black person for stealing in their store. And it gets real crazy. You know what I mean? So I sit back like, wow, OK. And, and I just not trying to get into that. But I do have a question about something that just recently happened in the Air Force. Right. The hair change, hair color change. <laughs> I, know, I know that's going to bring up some stuff. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, you know, I'm I'm out of the Air Force now. You know, I, I was in a little while ago, but now I know that they said something about the rig says you can wear your hair no matter what a natural hair color. It doesn't necessarily have to be natural to you. Am, right. am, I, am I saying that right, Chief? Yep, yep. You're saying it right. Like first you of all, you see problems coming up with that in the future. Come on, man. Look now. Listen. Hold on. Wait before you say anything. <laughs> listen. You know you're on the den, so you can be <laughs> possible. So don't say it as the chief, <laughs> Ronnie. Because look, we need to keep it real. We know some motherfuckers that's gonna push the envelope. They know damn well just because a Smurf got blue hair is that right. But it ain't natural for your ass. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, 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 uh, be honest with you. They killing me, man. <laughs> man. They killing me, bro. Uh, I tell you, man, like, be honest with you, I've never been like an AFI Nazi. I've never been that dude. I've never been, I've never been the dude and be like, man, his hair at three and a half inches, you know, or go to four, you know, I'm about to go holler. I'd be like, he ain't hurt nobody. He ain't hurt nobody. I'm good. But uh, when I saw that rule, I keep it 100 with you. All I started thinking about is like Cisco. Y'all remember Cisco? <laughs> like we about to have these cats walking around like Cisco in this right. Bruh. Hey, but you know what's funny? It's going to be the same cat that don't know any of the AFIs. But no, but they going to know that one. <laughs> they going to know that one. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. When the good stuff come out, man, everybody know about it. You know, when the bad stuff come out, I got to go dough to dough to tell Bruh. Bruh. But you know, uh, but but on, but on the realness though, like, like I understand, you know, from the Air Force perspective, you know, they want people to be them truest selves, you know. So if you want to walk out the crib and you want to look like Smurf and that's who you are, then that's okay, you know. Like, like from from a black perspective, from a black airman perspective, you know, I had a shaving wave my whole life. My whole life, and so I was a master sergeant, and then I had a chief sit me down, and he gave me kind of like. He gave me the conversation. He was yeah, like, he gave you the talk. Yeah, he, he said, you go on places, you know, people only see that beard when they see you. I need you to chill out on the Rick Ross and I need you to get with the program. Mm -hmm. And you know, I did. And I wasn't happy about it, you know, but I did it. And now with the way the rules are changing, you know, you don't have to, you know, like, like worry about that stuff no more. It's and that's distraction from who like, you even, even the part, even the part, man, like, like they jumped on that day one. I mean, I, I swear, I thought Cash, Cash was saying like that you can have a part, and they went straight to the barber shop. Yeah, <laughs> straight to the barber shop. You know, and they got they got the cool part in their head and all of that. And I, 
I was having a conversation with someone too about this and was like, so I understand. I don't know. Maybe it was you, Hern, but it's like, I kind of understand it because it's a, it's a little bit of retainability. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you have a stellar sharp troop that, you know, hair might not look like whatever, they could still do their job and they're still professional, but you're hammering them about that. They can go elsewhere right? Get double, if not triple the amount of money and can wear their hair any way they want to. So you have to kind of look at the change. And so when everything outside of the base or the gate, if you will, is changing, we have to adapt to that yeah. as well, to a degree. But it's just, yo, you gonna go overboard with Man. frosted tips. What the hell is a frosted tip? I think the problem was, you know, especially with all this ra racist, racial stuff going on in the military, it's like, man, we got to stop trying to dictate what's natural for one and what's not natural for others. That's, right. why, that's why I think yeah. they did it. And professional, too. I remember uh, having right. a conversation. If you look up professional hair and unprofessional hair, the professional hair. Right. Google, Google uh, played us. You see? Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you seen it? You seen it, Chief? Yeah, I seen it, man. You know, again, those stereotypes, you know, and, and looking at media, you know, and what they portray, you know, to be right or to be wrong. You know, I think the biggest win, you know, with with the changes is the sisters' hair, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 you know, like, like sisters can really wear their hair like they the way they want to wear it now. Yes. You mm -hmm. know, like because the things they was asking them to do at times ain't natural. It wasn't conducive. Right. Right. It, right. Wasn't, it wasn't natural, and they had to, you know, do magic tricks just to walk and out. That's the, the change door. we needed right there. We needed that change. Mm -hmm. You know, so like, so they couldn't wear dreads and stuff like that. Come on now. So now, you know, again, baby steps, you know, we're taking baby steps, man. We got some some people in the right positions right now. I'm one of the I'm one of the ones that's in a position where I can influence change. But we have several people, you know, at the Air Force level that's really like giving the ground truth data, you know, on things that that we can make change. in. And the hair might seem like a small thing to a lot of people. But, man, if you talk to a black female airman like. Man, that was a that was a freaking hail mary we just got. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's a big. I, I like that. You're right. So hey, look, shout out to Tracy. She says I disagree with that stuff. She says we are an elite force, and that's what sets us apart, others and civilians. Right from others and civilians, we got to have high standards. And I agree. I do believe we need to ha have high standards. But I also know that there are individuals that look at those standards. They're still high, but are they realistic? Just like yeah. what you were saying, uh, you know, with uh, African-American hair, with women's hair, it's like, yo, really? You, you see what I'm saying? So I think that it's our our responsibility as being airmen and being leaders to help enforce but then also, look, not let this airman, like, pu push the envelope and looking crazy. And, and the, th the thing, like, so professional is a very subjective term, right? Yes. So, so it's a very subjective term. So you, you look at me and Harm, right? Mm -hmm. So I look professional, right? Uh, and from, from that perspective, because, you know, I'm, I'm cleanly shaved and this and that. And he has a beard, but it's, it's a professional appearance. Like, what's why isn't that professional? Cause a gas mask. Hmm? Cause I can't wear my gas mask. No, I wasn't. You know that We we can we can think gas mask or not, but it was just one of those things. That's how it's always been. That's right. the thing. And you you have to evolve. You have to evolve. You know, and and allow people to be them truest selves. Like 
people have a lot of issues, you know, with shaving, and we need to create an environment where that would like like when I was a master sergeant, you know, I was I was pressured, you know, like I struggled with shaving, you know, in the beginning. I I learned to shave and be able to do it because I had places I wanted to go. So, you know, I made sure that I I got good at it, but you shouldn't have to do that to right. feel professional. So, yeah, you're right. And and look, ladies and gentlemen, just want to make sure y'all know what we're talking about. We're talking about continuing the talk. All right. And we have Chief Woods on here getting it in. And we, we went a little bit off topic, but still good conversation talking about regulations. But we're talking about how do you keep that conversation going in your workplace? Right. And even not in your workplace, just on your day to day, because you have to be able to feel comfortable to have uncomfortable conversations if that makes sense so yeah. this is that that's the deal so hey chief so how about this brother you we all know the new guidance yeah down as far as words you can't use and and things like that yeah. how do you continue to have that conversation but not use those words you you get what i'm saying how, how do you and or how is your team formulating or because uh, i do know that there are certain installations that's at a pause x right now when it comes down to dni so how are you guys continuing to talk oh, it's, been okay. it's been it's been tough bro i will tell you man it's been tough because we had a lot of momentum going you know and like a lot of grassroots efforts but we were really educating you know on civil unrest and, and creating an environment where we can be our truest selves and we kind of had to put everything on hold you know so uh what we did, you know, because I was pushing hard to continue the conversation going, we had to uh, work through legal. So we had to work through legal because we got a general order that was pushed down, uh, pushed down from the Department of Defense. And we had to run it by legal just to make sure that we were cool, you know, that we were we were meeting the intent of our leaders. Mm -hmm. And they looked at a lot of that. You know, some of the stuff had to get scratched because uh, it was kind of borderline. Yeah. No, it was borderline because you can't really have the talk without man. You got to really dive in and really have right. the talk, you know, uh, so so people can have dialogue on both sides, you know, but we uh we uh had them look at it and they had to scratch some things. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I'd be lying if I tell you all it wasn't frustrating because, you know, uh, PACAF had just gave us a lot of kudos uh, being one of the better wings, you know, in the mass con for really like creating something that was legit mm -hmm. like it was legit and uh we had to you know make some changes um but we did man it's all about evolving and adjusting to what we need to adjust to and we adjusted and we still having those conversations you know um unconscious bias was something that i was real big on that we uh we continuing to communicate that to our commanders you know to our senior enlisted leaders to our uh facilitators that's having those small group discussions you know at the unit level mm -hmm. and, and still growing it as we go good good so we got a question from nick nicholas what, what up nick right 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 so he says chief is the air force equipped are equipping our leaders with necessary training to combat racial issues people across the spectrum with lgbtq women in the military, transgender, blacks, etc. Man, Nick, so that's a great question. Um, uh, because 
up until when the civil wrestling started, we wasn't equipping them. And that was the real thing. Like a lot of leaders wasn't saying nothing. And we was taking it like, oh, you on the other side. But a lot when I was talking to a lot of commanders, they wasn't saying anything because they know how to. You know, they didn't know how to say anything. And we don't have any training. So that's when when they was telling me that that's when I got with my team. I said, you know, we're going to create a facilitator training form where we can train, you know, all ranks, you know, on how to have these these conversations, you know, give them some do's and don'ts, you know, like like, for instance, like one of the big things that I would I would hear from commanders all the time is I don't see color. <clears throat> no. Um, and we had to train them on like, look, bro. Yeah say that like hey, look yeah hey, you're, not, you're not colorblind man you know <laughs> when i walk in the room if you're saying you don't see like a a, a black command chief like come on bro mm -hmm. like come on. now it might not be a negative thing for you you know but it's 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 the reality of the situation right. and we we had to train them on you know unconscious bias you know microaggressions um understanding the history understanding that it's bigger than black and white mm -hmm. and, and we you know uh the reason that PACAF had really gave us kudos is because we created something that the air force was working on and uh they said you know we were spot on you know with with training folks on how to be able to address those things because again talking about something that that's very uncomfortable for you is challenging for a leader yeah, and like like Jay Will is asking, and I thought this too, but don't commanders and chiefs have to go through inclusive training? I think you guys go through non what is it, uh, unconscious bias training? No, right? no, not like at the level we've been doing it of late. Okay, we touched on it just a little bit. We touched on it just a little bit, you know, uh, looking at uh looking at those things, but not like we're doing it now. Like we tapped into it a lot deeper. And my my boss made it mandatory, mm -hmm. you know, for, uh, for for our commanders, you know, to be able to go through it, you know, and and understand how to really have those conversations. Um, because another thing, you know, when you look at like like diversity and inclusion, unconscious bias, microaggressions, but you also got to be able to navigate through conflict because. We have to teach that. We have to teach on navigating from conflict. We got this young man over here, you know, his dad was a police officer. You know, he's Blue Lives Matter or or he sees it from that perspective. You got this kid over here, you know, his cousin just got shot by a cop. He's Black Lives Matter. How do you navigate that conversation? If wow. you were, like how, how do how do you get his perspective and you get his perspective because they both very emotional on both sides like extremely emotional for obvious reasons. This guy's like, my dad's a cop. I want, I want, when I come home, I want to see him. This, this kid over here is saying, you know, y'all keep killing us. What the hell is going on? Right. How do you get them? How do you get them to like a place where they can have a civil conversation? And we spend a lot of time on that, you know, like, like navigating through like uh, conversations that's going to have some conflict, you know, get it to the point where they can speak from a civil perspective, not from an emotional perspective, where they're going to get upset, you know, maybe want to get physical with each other. And we haven't spent a lot of training on that. So we, we really took a lot of time to navigate through conflict, talk about the history, 
talk about everything. And it's it's been something that's evolved. Um, it was a bold move. We was pretty nervous about it. Uh, when we started talking about, you know, the history of racial challenges in America, that was something that I'll be honest with you all. When I was kind of looking at the training material, I was like, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, but we did it. You know, it was a bold move. And for the most part, it's been positive. It's been it's been a few people that was kind of uncomfortable with it, but it's been pretty positive overall. Okay. Well, look, check it out, man. You you know what? I, I hate to say this because I know we're getting it in. And it happened last time. He was like, yo, I got so much I want to say, man. And because we still got so many other things that damn it. Well, look, I'm going to throw this one question out there and then I'm going to let Herm get his uh, last question. Yeah. Final word. But it says, and this is from uh, T.O. He says, what is your goal for the shirts in Kunsan? as far as uh, getting them involved in this conversation, especially since uh, they should be on the front, on the forefront of this. What up, T.O.? That's my dude right there, T.O. Um, well, I tell them, like I tell you all all the time, I didn't mandate that they be a part of the conversation. I just mandated that they find the champions in their unit. Go find the champions. Go find the ones that's passionate about the issue that really want to get us to what right looks like, because every first sergeant is not comfortable, you know, with, with having a conversation. And I'll be going against and contradicting what I tell everybody about being on true sales. If I said you need to go have this conversation. No, if you're uncomfortable with having the conversation, get out in front and say, I'm uncomfortable with having a conversation. But, you know, your people. And if you know your people and you see senior Armin Woods over there that really want to get after this, you need to empower that young man or that young woman and let them go out and make change. And you'll be standing right alongside of them, you know, when you go from there and do that. And also look for I tell my shirts, look for those different perspectives. Again, black and white issue. No. Has it been heavily focused on black and white? Yes, because we're very emotional. We're very passionate about what's going on. But it's for everybody, man. That is true. It's for everybody. And and, and it usually aligns specific and very similar. But uh but yeah, that's what I tell that's that's leaders at all levels. I tell them like like be yourself. Me, I'm very comfortable on getting out in front and speaking from my perspective. But everybody's not, and if you're not comfortable with it, that's okay. Like it's totally okay. Like we're not expecting all of our leaders, you know, to be totally comfortable with it. We just expecting them to pick a side. You know, you pick a side like you can't just be in the middle toting the line because because when you in the middle toting the line, you're going to lean on a side that's not ethical and not compassionate and not being there for your people and not seeing their perspective. You have to make it clear. One hundred zero. One hundred zero. I want 100 for equality. I want I'm 100 for people being their truest self. And I want 100 for creating an environment where you can be your truest self. You know, define, develop, and discuss and go from there. Wow. Yo, said by a true chief. And listen, I don't throw that around loosely because it's not a lot of y'all, for real. I can count on maybe two yeah. heads. How many true chiefs I know? You know, I'm talking about no millions of y'all. Nevertheless, 
Hey, Big Herm, what you got, bro, for your final word? So for my final word, I want to talk about unconscious bias. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people um, look at it like, uh, man, I'm a bad person if they have these things. Um, when I was with the IG team, we would go out on different trips in different areas, and we would go. We would have to pick a place to eat. And my first trip, we went out and we was in a black restaurant. Um, nothing crazy about this place. It was just people in there playing cards. Nothing wild or anything like that. It was me and three white dudes, and they were immediately uncomfortable, right? And that became a joke, uh, a joke afterwards that I took them into the hood or something like that for for a meal. I'm like, you know, that wasn't the hood. It was just a bunch of black people. But their unconscious bias, when they see so many black folks, they think it's hood. But all the other places we go, when there's a whole bunch of white people, that's like normal. That's a normal restaurant to go to. But if you're in there with a whole bunch of black people, then that's not normal. See, that's one of the unconscious biases that we need to be looking at. Like, look, that's there. It's there. You have that. You know what I'm saying? Don't be a scared. Don't be scared of it. Address it. And, you know, think about why you think that way just because you're around a bunch of black people that it's automatically the hood or the ghetto. It Yo. was a nice place. Had good food in there. You know, just like this other place with a whole bunch of white folks in it. So it doesn't automatically make you a bad person. It makes you a bad person when you don't want to acknowledge it and stick to your guns like, nah, you know, that that's still the hood to get off. So that's my last word. Um, Chief, I want to thank you for coming on. You uh, you want to those people that, that I've had the pleasure of meeting. Um, I know you're doing great things out there in uh, Kunsan. Got one of the coldest coins I've ever seen. You got one on the way, man. Yeah, you got one of the coins. I looked at that joint, I was like, man, yo, only Chief throwback would have a coin that's so damn cool yeah uh, thank you for thank you for sharing your time with us today sharing time with the people uh hopefully everybody got something from it um i know they did uh, yeah. so until next time chief all right so what you got man what's your final word big chief man getting it in bro in the den one last time bro what you got man hey man first off i want to tell y'all both i'm so proud of y'all man for what y'all doing out with the lions thing you know I'm proud to say I'm one of the first that got on board. I ain't a bandwagon fan when it comes to the Lions then. Like, I've right. been involved with this when it wasn't cool to be involved with it. Mm -hmm. You know, when 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 people were scared to come on platforms like this, I'm like, I mean, I'm cool with it. Mm -hmm. It is what it is, you know. And to see the growth, like, to see this production and, you know, how professional it is, like, I'm telling you, man, my advice to anybody out there, you know, if you want to do something, go out there and go do it and look at the Lions Den as an example of of finding your passion and going out there and making it happen. This isn't something that they want to do because, you know, like they obligated like this is this is their passion and they want to do that. So I'm very proud of you all for doing that. Um, thank you all for giving me the platform to where I can, you know, speak on issues from the position that I'm in. Like I said, one of my blessings is that I'm in a position of influence when the Air Force is so hungry for change. The Air Force is extra hungry for change. And the things that I'm advising people on, you know, like we're making change like here. Like my 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 commander the other day just sat me down and was like, I couldn't have picked a better chief, you know, to be in a position that we're in right now. And thank you. You know, and I've and I'm very proud of that. And last but not least, 
I want to encourage all leaders at all levels, whether you are airman basic or whether you are general, like speak up on the issues from the perspective of your truest self. It's okay to say, I don't know what to say right now. It's okay to say everything, you know, and everything you want to do, but be your truest self because we're going to see right through it. You know, if you fake or phony or you saying things that's not true or you just trying. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com, a manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.